This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What's going on? Good to be back. <sighs> talking about hockey. Talking about regular season hockey, baby. Let's go. We've got a great episode for you on deck today. We are going to be breaking down the first two Washington Capitals regular season games and going over our predictions, which I'm very – I'm going to gloat a little bit. Um, and you should too, Polly. We were each right in one category the, of two, one of two categories. We won for one. Um, technically, I think I was right in two, but we'll get into that. Um, <clears throat> well, wasn't I perfect though? No. You thought you, OV was going to score through four or, so, or two. You were a fucking naysayer. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I meant I was perfect on games. Yeah, right. Right on. Um, and then uh, we'll also be talking about league news, Caps fans. You know, we want to keep you educated about everything around the uh, around the league. So, you know, if you're an OG, you've been listening to us for a while. Thank you. If you're a new listener, welcome. And we are glad to have you. Check us out on social media, at Caps Chirp, everywhere. Um, and I guess we should just kind of... Break right into it. What do you think, Polly? Let's do it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I feel like I should get like a, a quieter mouse. I do too. Yeah. I, I used to... I have a Steam controller, and I used to use that. But, yeah. I mean... You know, it's annoying how it, it won't always pick up our voices, but it'll pick up the damn mouse. Yeah, it's just that, you know, the mouse the mouse click must just, you know, command authority. Let's talk about these beers real quick. So, oh, yes. you know, in that green bottle next right. to Troll, that is a, a homebrew Oktoberfest. What do you think? It was good for the, and this was, you know, for the stream, people who were watching the stream, which is currently a big fat zero. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were getting to it pretty late on Sunday. Polly was at an event, which is birthed these beers into our uh, realm of reality here. Uh, you've gotten... Now, now, tell us about this beer. This is an Oktoberfest in a Grolsch bottle. The the resealable, you know, you gotta... Yeah. You got the whole... Eco-friendly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are... This is great glass. Yeah, so... Uh, <coughs> made by my brother and now sister-in-law, Jody, and yeah. her dad, Big Mike. Um... It's a really good homebrew Oktoberfest. He also introduced me to Old German, which is made by the Pittsburgh Brewing Company. Uh, I can tell you from the other beers I've had there, Iron City and Icy Light, Old German is their best. <laughs> um, but it's right. it's a very good price. comes out yeah. about 50 cents a can. So if you're anywhere near Pittsburgh, Mr. Coleman. Um, <laughs> yeah. Shout out, Andrew. Yeah. So... And then we got some Duncan. How do you like that maple? Yeah, this maple, maple crim, crim, if you will. Harpoon but, is the beer. I yeah. think they par- they paired up with Duncan. I've got a midnight here. It's pretty um, good. I like it. I mean, it is sweet. I don't know if I could get drunk on it. No, it's it's a lot. Um, I think they there was a blueberry IPA, and I forget what the fourth. But if you see the the Duncan Harpoon, try them out. They're pretty good. Yeah, um, I would say the maple cream would be considered a dessert beer. Oh yeah, for you have for all of your, those 
beer people out there. Have that with your piece of pie. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Well, you just um, have a coffee cake. You know, switch yeah. the dynamic. Right. So coffee and dessert. It's dessert, beer, and beer. A coffee cake. <laughs> um, but yeah, congrats to PJ and Jody. Yeah, shout out. We don't really talk about PJ much. We're always shitting on Parker, your younger brother, and talk about the old man. Well, here's a little quick story about PJ since we brought him up, and this is a (laughs) hockey podcast. Yeah. You know, he quit playing hockey in eighth grade, got to high school, chose basketball because he played both. Okay. And, um... That's upsetting. Yeah, I know. Uh, Especially because of how physical he was. Yeah. Hockey fits his athleticism more. but. We, I don't know, five years ago, he borrowed equipment from my cousin Buddha, mm. and who's on our beer league team, and we went and played pickup one time, and he was just trying to defend a guy who was trying to do a wraparound, and just fucking annihilated this guy <laughs> on some Friday night pickup at uh, Ice Castle in Pittsburgh. <laughs> like, uh, it's just beautiful. We still talk about it to this day. You know, he didn't mean to. He just was the guy pissed, Did he, or was no, he just like it was, it was pretty? It was incidental, but oh, okay. man, he brought the heat. He brought oh the God. heat, you know. So he hasn't played organized hockey since eighth grade, but he can still hit. There you go. Hey, you can take the take the player out of the game, but not the game out of the player. Exactly. Apparently. You know, and I actually performed this wedding, so oh yeah, that's right. You can call me Reverend Cupcakes. Reverend like. Cupcakes in the house. Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, it was definitely well deserved that we given uh, your family a shout out. But this is we've we went to beer, Polly's family, well over the fucking place. So we do talk about hockey eventually, Cavs fans. Don't worry. Yeah, but they got to see that we're people too. That's true. Well, yeah, I guess you're a person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So let's let's get right into it. Brady Kachuk signed with the with the Ottawa Senators. For eight point two million seven years, and he's currently day to day. But dude got paid. He's probably one of the higher paid guys on the roster, isn't he? Yeah, for sure. Uh, probably the highest. And the thing is, is that um, we've got a couple other, or one more big contract, uh, and we'll just say it here. Charlie McAvoy also signed an eight-year, uh, seventy-six million dollar contract. Uh, that's nine and a half a year. About. I mean, it's interesting to see that pre. Imagine two years ago, if you were if if you were to tell me two years ago these were what these guys were going to sign for, especially McAvoy, I'd be like, "You're fucked." McAvoy's getting twelve, easy, right? Yeah. But <clears throat> with COVID and revenues being in the shitter, uh, Batman's come out and said that the cap's going to be flat for several years. Uh, could be up to one or two more flat cap years because he said it would be flat for at least three years during COVID. And I don't even know what he's taking into account there, but. And I call bullshit on all of this. I think that it's the owners being fucking greedy again, to be completely honest. And I don't think that the NHL capitalized enough on being the first league back, having no COVID cases during the bubble, and charging people. You know, we had a, we had like this whole thing planned out when we were talking about it two years ago, Polly. Yeah. You know, they should be charging people like a decent amount of money to get the games, and you can get like if you if. Wherever you are in the country, like, fuck blackout and all that shit. Um, <clears throat> you know, redo something. I don't know. Get the lawyers involved. Start charging people for a little bit more. Like, I would have paid, you know, 50 bucks to watch the playoffs. Yeah. You know? Why not get that and make it more accessible? I if get that something. They should have gouged the 
advertisements. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, here's the thing. These owners like claim to be losing money, but I don't I don't know. I don't. Yeah, maybe they're losing money here. Right. Let's look at the rest of the portfolio. Right. I mean, yeah, let's if anything this probably helped them on the old tax bill. Right. Uh, you know, for for the year. But I'll just say this. I I've only I haven't heard of many other than I think maybe Zona uh, and I don't, who was in like ownership trouble. Which that's just par for the course out there. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I don't know, and and obviously I don't have an inside look at any of this. We all are just taking what the NHL is reporting as far as the money situation. Um, and you know, based on all this Robin Leonard stuff, we can really trust the NHL. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Right. So I don't know. I, I think that this this new it's it's really tough. And I mean when. When they signed the ESPN deal, you know, which was going to catapult the league into a higher cap, that was really like a big sticking point. And honestly, we're lucky that the cap didn't go down, probably because I'm sure the owners are like, the cap needs to go down. Yeah, we need to pay our players or pay our players less. But they just there was no recourse. If you would have done that, I mean, people would have fucking lost their shit. I mean, to basically triple. Um, Revenue from TV in one year, like, you know, for the next deal. Uh, I don't know. I don't buy it, man. I really don't no. think that, um, and, and we'll see, you know, maybe if this year goes smoothly, maybe we'll have a cap increase next year. But I will say that it has these long term low money deals do not look as risky as they have in the past. In fact, they look nice for the team. You know, Charlie McAvoy had under 10 a year for the next eight. I mean, the dude has to get paid. Like, I, and it sucks because if COVID didn't happen and whatnot, he probably wouldn't look at it maybe eight million more dollars over the life of the contract. Yeah. And Kachuk probably the same, same way. Yeah. And I think, yeah, they could be getting more, but I think as a player, these are still good numbers for them. Um, oh, yeah. I think they're fair. Brady Kachuk's getting. Kind of like what, Covey money, right? Yeah, and I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest. I, I've never made eight point two million years or dollars. Yeah. So, yeah. So, not yet at least. Us. So, if 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 you could help share this podcast, maybe we can get that dream realized. Right. <laughs> well, speaking of the senators, they lost to almost a, um, an emergency backup. The Maple Leafs on Saturday had to use their e-bug due to um, Morazic being hurt. And um, I guess I'll just say that now. He's, he's got a groin injury. Mm-hmm. He, it happened against Ottawa on Thursday. And then when they played Ottawa again on Saturday, they used his name is Alexander Bishop. He's been a backup, uh, emergency backup for a couple years. He actually used to split the duties with David Ayers. So, Interesting. David Ayers, Interesting. if it had been Bishop's night, he would have been the guy in that game. Hmm. But, yeah, they were, uh, you know, he played college hockey up in Canada, and so Ottawa was almost playing against the e-bug for Montreal. It just seems odd that they're the team that this keeps happening to. 
Yeah, this time though they got to use their own e bug and didn't get beat by a, <clears throat> by their own emergency backup True. Zamboni driver goalie. Uh, one thing I did hear is that there is some cap problems too. I think for the for the Maple Leafs and they might have to they might have to let. Um, so I think that I get Peter Mrazek had that groin injury. I thought he was going to come back at some point, but I think they have to put Mrazek into the minors and keep Alexander Bishop. I think this might turn into like a few game stint for him until they can figure out their cap troubles because well, yeah, they can't fit Mrazek in under cap. That's why they couldn't bring someone from the AHL. They had right. no room. So this guy's probably making <laughs> what league minimum? Yeah, yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, Toronto man, what are you guys doing? I sure hope his day job gives him no trouble on his uh, leave of absence. I'd quit. Yeah, right. If I, <laughs> I can just, get another accounting job. Yeah, right, exactly. Whatever the fuck he does. Yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> a little tidbit here. Widely criticized Jack Johnson has scored the first goal for the Avalanche, and what a fucking goal it was. <laughs> Backhand dangle? Just roofed it. I forget who assisted it, but someone drew the defenseman to him, and it was yeah. center ice kind of toward um, the Blackhawks bench. Yeah. Made a nice little move, found Jack Johnson streaking all alone, <laughs> hit him, you know, right at the right Didn't red even line. break stride. Oh, beautiful pass. Jack Johnson walked in, little move, backhand top shelf, right? That's what it yeah. was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Flurry's glove was bad that night. Yeah, it came cross crease. So he started on the stick side of Flurry and just yeah. streaked in and whoop. It was, you know, you know forehand, backhand. I, uh,. I don't know how much I've done it on the pod. I think I've I've been a Jack Johnson supporter uh, in public, but I know I also have said stuff to the the tip of the iceberg boys about I I think he gets some undeserved hate. Yeah, uh, it just kind of felt good to see him, you know, because even I know Avalanche fans weren't happy with it. So just to see him come in and have that early goal was um, I liked it. A lot, and he it's, actually... It's, it's fucking hilarious. It is. And so if you don't know anything about Jack Johnson, Caps fans, you should definitely check out his story. He signed for... He was a decent defenseman in Columbus in his early years, signed pretty big money. His fucking parents took it all from him. Yep. And he's been, rele- he's been relevant in the league, but he is a stat, uh, basic, uh, a martyr, if you will, or pariah, I would probably call it. A stat pariah where, you know... The advanced stats community thinks that he's trash, and he continually turns in these bad numbers. <clears throat> and you know, when you when you're looking at things through that lens, you know, obviously any mistake a defenseman makes, which there are a many, you know, defensemen in the NHL make mistakes all the time. Um, it just kind of accentuates that whole thing. Yeah. But to see him streak down and just go like forehand, backhand, like high high glove on Flurry, it was a uh, is. I'm sure it felt good for him. It'll oh, yeah. you know, fuck you, haters. Um, I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not an advanced stats denier. Right. Sure. All I got to say is, when I'm watching that game, I look at that play and I go, "Yeah, I acknowledge your advanced stats." Yeah. But that man is the hockey player. He's better than the hockey player you could dream to be. <laughs> and I will tell you this: absolutely, I don't deny advanced stats, but I trust. Joe Sackick over numbers. Yeah, and they got him on a PTO. Yeah, and he proved himself. Yeah, and so he's probably making what, like league men? Close um, to I don't know, a I mil? Can, I can check that. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know what he's making, but it can't be a lot. Uh, you know, and I think that the people who are into eye tests and, and the old-time hockey uh, boomers, if you will, are really into him. He's a physical player. He clears the front of the net. I mean, he does his job, but, like, when he's got the puck, yeah, it's kind of... He's 750000 Yeah, so that's league men. He's, he's making league men. I think that for league men, that's not a bad... Deal. No, but I, when Pittsburgh paid him like four million for four years, yeah. <clears throat> people were, I think, rightfully upset about that. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and he actually missed the Saturday game against the Blues due to COVID. But it looks like he's had a couple negative tests and will travel to Washington. To Jack Johnson Jack. did. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, let's roll right into injuries then, huh? Uh. Yeah. All right. Uh. So, in addition to Jack Johnson, Nathan McKinnon, he's out for COVID. Um, it looks like – so he's already missed the first couple, and it'll probably be another week, it, yeah. it looks like. But everybody's vaccinated except for Bertuzzi in the league, I think. Um, or, I thought there was like seven players. Okay. I but think Bertuzzi the vast majority are vaccinated. Yeah, Bertuzzi was like the highest known guy. Okay. Well, the two guys from Edmonton, but they're like – they have long-term health defects now. So right. they're out like long-term. Wow. Jesus. From COVID? Yeah, I think we covered it two weeks ago. Okay. Um, they developed a, a heart problem from it, I think it was. I don't remember that, but I could have been drunk. You were. I, I was drunk. Yeah, That's definitely. Kind of, okay. Well, hey, wow. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of, it, it's encouraging to see that the people who have been vaccinated are getting back quickly. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean... They need to perform at this high level, and if you run the risk of heart and lung disease following this infection, you know, having the the vaccine probably diminishes the long-term effects. Yeah. Um, all right, well, moving on to Brayden Holpe, D.C. sweetheart. Save of the year in Dallas, then gets hit in the head by his own player and leaves the game with a stick. Yeah. Brutal, man. Unbelievable. Gotta take care of our boy. I know. First, first game, he he gets the starters net, and coach says it wasn't a particularly hard decision against Anton Kadovin, who's Anton Kadovin's great, uh, but I think he's proved that he's not a great starter. I think he's the best backup in the league. He's one of them for sure. Well, since the Caps have a two-headed monster, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, definitely shitty there. I hope Holpe's okay. Um, Capo Caco is placed on injured reserve Sunday with an upper body injury. Pacoretti injured lower body day to day. He was a uh, points leader along with Mark Stone on Vegas, so that sucks. And Brian Rust placed on injured reserve, which you say, uh, I know that Brian Rust is like your favorite player. That's not true. <laughs> but he's also you like on him for fantasy ridiculous. team, though. Yeah, and yeah, and you like him because he's he went to some shitty college. What was the college? I A forget. college that you wouldn't have been able to get into. <laughs> Me neither. Notre Dame. Um, well, he's been placed on IR. You know, Penguins are an ambulance. Looks like they have Crosby back though. A little early. Um, so maybe he's not. Maybe he's not. Uh, it's not so terrible for the Penguins, who look to be playing pretty good hockey. Unfortunately, right now. Um, suspensions. Landy, two games for boarding Kirby Doc. This was probably deserved, man. I mean, he, yeah. Doc was definitely defenseless. He drove his head into the boards, um, and 
uh, the on ice call was a two minute boarding boarding call. Doc was okay, but he could have very likely not been okay. If you look at the replay, Doc blows a tire, and he's kind of on one knee and has like the other leg extended, and Landeskog just decides to clean him out. And he's probably a good six feet away from the boards. He drives him right into the boards. Like, his back hits so hard. Like, his head is, like, down. So it he kind of gets driven into the boards where he's, like, on his neck. And then his fucking... He hits him so hard that his toes... Like, he crumbles him. His toes smack off the boards. Like, his legs smack off the boards. So he's just folded him. The whole body. Yeah, just fucking ragdolled him. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought the, you know, I I thought the Blake Coleman hit was bad, yeah. which was also a guy on his knees hitting to the boards. This one was definitely worse. It was higher speed. Yeah, um, it was a more vicious collision into the boards. As people well know, I'm also an Avalanche fan. I'm not going to be a homer here. This was a deserved uh, suspension. Yeah, and it's also something that we would I would have taken that hit every day in college. I know. That's, yeah, yeah, so I told tough. you before the show, I was thinking I probably would have made this hit, yet I see why they suspended him. Yeah, and I mean, he, I, he if, if he just lays up a little bit on that hit and just kind of like, sh- like he slides into the boards yeah. and doesn't get driven in. Probably we're not even talking about it. It's probably not even a penalty on the ice, like you know. But just give him a little nudge. Yeah, you know he's already on his knees. It's not much to clean a guy out like that. Um, Red Wings forward Dylan Lark has been suspended one game without pay for roughing on Tampa Bay Lightning's forward Matthew Joseph. So this play breaks down. Puck to the half boards. Larkin's in first, and Joseph kind of just gives it, he gives him like a not a viciously hard shove, but definitely puts the body into him from behind. Um, and you know Dylan probably smacks his face off the boards, gets up in a, in a rage, and just haymaker swings at Joseph, who and it connects, it connects pretty solidly. Joseph's on the ground, and a fight ensues, and all that. So. Good uh, yeah, nice pour there, Polly. Um, yeah, this I mean, old German's not bad. So shout out, shout out to Mike Richardson, Pittsburgh German Company, and Mike Richardson, Mike Richardson, for introducing us to the beer. Big oh, Mike. okay. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Mike. Pittsburgh Brewing, Brewing Company. Like I said, if you're gonna drink their beer, skip the icy light, drink old German. It's a lager. It's got it's got that Pittsburgh taste. Of like most, like you know, just a little funk there. I'd say well, gamey if it was meat. As a regular Yingling uh, yeah. drinker, I would think you'd like that. Well, okay, let's be real. Uh, Yingling, the oldest brewery in America, has uh, is from Pottsville, Pennsylvania, and so that's Pottsville piss water, which is most likely just a tad bit better than like the three converging poop rivers in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just just saying that yeah. you know. That's probably just one poop river. There's three poop rivers in, in Pittsburgh, and they all kind of, like, meet there in that city, and that's probably, you know, that's why Pittsburgh is there, so. You know, Reading, PA, actually has more toxic water than Flint, Michigan, so just so you know what PA water is like. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised I haven't grown a goiter from all the Yingling that I've drank. Yeah. And bonus, <laughs> that water runs into our river, and we drink it. Yeah. Hey. 
whatever, man. <laughs> I guess that's just the, the state of the world today. Um, Calgary Flames defenseman Rossman Anderson has been fined 5000 the maximum allowable under CBA for roughing the Oilers, Kyler, Yamamoto. I'm not really sure. I didn't even watch this. Um, just kind of, it's probably just a little bit of a, I mean, I don't even know. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it. I just yeah. threw it in there. Um, before we move on, I wanted to just talk about the Kraken because almost everything okay. they do this season will be newsworthy because of who they are. Yeah. Uh, their first ever game was a loss, down 3 nothing. fought back, tied it up, and then Vegas won late. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Donato had the first real goal in okay. Kraken history. Um, they're currently 1-1. One, one and one. They got their first win Thursday, October 14th, with a 4-3 to three win over Nashville, and they lost an OT to Columbus, so not a terrible start. Ryan Tanev has four goals already. Yeah, I mean Brandon Tanev. Brandon Tanev, yeah. yeah. That's one thing we've we've seen with these expansion teams. Um, in addition to me not knowing first names, <laughs> is that when these guys get a little space to to move, yeah, can find that hidden talent. Right, it's really the uh, equivalent I think of like breaking through that glass ceiling. Right, yeah. I mean Brandon Tanev was written off by many when he got signed by Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, he had a good, good season with the Canucks, and he worked on a lot of things in the offseason. Thrived in Pittsburgh enough to take notice of uh, of the GM there, who's, I think, Ron Francis, right? And so. In, in Seattle. And look at him now. Um, probably playing top six minutes. I'd, is take, a, I'd take him in Washington. Yeah, no I mean, this. I think he fits Washington's... I mean, he's a, he's a Dowd Haglund type player. Uh, he's, he'd be great on that fourth line. I, you know, again though, that, that was where I think a lot of people pigeonholed him. Yeah. I think that now uh, he's. It's interesting to see that he's got a little bit of. He's playing top six minutes, so I guess good for him. You know, I can somewhat like him now that he's not wearing that fucking black and gold bullshit. But. And now you have officially changed your Twitter name. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm back to the hockey troll Twitter name because I figured that first puck drop there was no no. Uh, Chance that they would reconsider the right option and become the Seattle the Seattle or the the Seattle Totems instead of the Kraken. So he is no longer hockey totem. Yeah, be a nice throwback jersey. It would, you know. I'm not, I I hope I don't know. And I, and then you know with the whole like appropriating culture thing, like I I hope that I just thought that that would just make for some awesome unis. Like think about like the earth tone colors and brown. Being yeah. a a main color, I uh, I know brown's probably not what people think when they're like, yeah, fucking hockey jersey would be sick if it had brown. Nobody's nobody's saying that, but chocolate town looks good. Yeah, exactly. So I think that like you know you could really do a lot with kind of like and then throw in some crazy because you know if you've seen those pictures of those totems in the in the Pacific Northwest, they're beautiful. I mean they have uh, all sorts of earth tone colors, but also like bright reds and different shades of green. I mean. If they could have come up with a logo that didn't look too cartoony and yeah. um, exaggerated facial features, right. then it could have worked. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, I think in order to use the totems, they would have had to almost not use actual imagery. It would have right. had to just be, like, a colorful T, you know? Or, like, wings. Well, I was thinking more, like, you know how, because totems are stacked, like, the yeah. helmet would be brown. Like the jersey would be like, 
like call like a stripe. You could do the stripe that like Ottawa has in their throwbacks. Yeah. And then on the bottom, it'd be like the the kit would be like brown pants, and then like a lighter brown or like a greenish sock type thing or something like that. Well, that's kind of what like um, the Toronto's St. Pat's throwbacks. Yeah. They wear green jerseys with brown pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it looks. That'd be good. cool, right? I, I thought it would look cool, but yeah. hey, you know who the fuck am I? Just some asshole with a podcast. So yeah. But uh, speaking of how I am an asshole of the podcast. It's another week of the NFL season, which means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available yet in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total cash prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, PA only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, speaking of football, two quick things. Unfortunately, oh, okay. the Washington football team did not win today. No, they were getting crushed by Kansas City, weren't they? They were. Yeah. Um, but on a lighter note, the Raiders won. Yay. <sighs> Raise your hand if you give a fuck. Okay, well, 50%. That's not majority here, bud. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> unless, we're ca- unless we're talking body weight. Yeah. <laughs> There's more mass in this room <laughs> that prefers the Raiders than doesn't. All right. It's let's, physics, baby. Yeah, listen, let's talk about the fucking Washington Capitals. On the, you, you, well, let's get right into it. Yeah. All right, today in, in the Washington wrap room, we have two games to go over, and you know what? More positive than negative, uh, I'm thinking, man. I I really liked how the Caps played against the Rangers. I really liked how the how they played against Tampa Bay. I don't think they had they they just couldn't bury. Yeah. But uh, we'll get right into it. So first of first and first foremost, I almost had a panic attack and <laughs> slash enraged violent outburst because I couldn't find the game. So I had to use certain methods for the first game to watch it, which will go unnamed due to legal reasons. But I did get to watch the first game in in its entirety. Did you watch it? Yeah. Okay, good. And um, we should note that Dennis Cholowowski was claimed off waivers by the Caps from the Kraken. Played over 100 games with the Red Wings. He's a 6'2", about, let's call it 200, 197. Uh, 23-year-old defenseman, 10 goals, 17 assists in his career. Um, talked to the uh, to the Red Wings rant boys on the Hockey Podcast Network, and he sa- they said he's got a high high potential on the offensive side of the puck, but is somewhat lacking on the defensive side. I think those numbers are a bit skewed. You know, I know that uh, analytics takes into account you know possession numbers and things like that, but He's on the Red Wings. I mean, they're getting to take. They're basically taking odd man rushes every every time. 
Yeah. You know. I think the state of the Red Wings and what it has been, it's really tough to gauge true talent. Right. A little bit. So, I think that this was a move to take... I mean, he's making league men, from what I understand. Very little money. Um, with Kempney going down, we get, I think, half of his salary to play with on against the cap. So... We've that leaves us a little bit more than a million in cap space to be fucking around with, since Kempney's not on. Um, could buy you a Jack Johnson. Yeah, we could have got Jack Johnson. Yeah, let's uh, let's do that. Um, what's up, Tank? Shout out. We got a comment here from your buddy there, Polly. But um, what's up, Tank? <clears throat> let's say our season opener. Against the Rangers. I mean, let's let's set the background here. Let's set the stage. Bettman and Peros, both in the building to watch this game. I mean, you know that this had to come down. They they didn't announce it until the night of the game that both of these play, people would be in the building. That gives me, like, Danville <laughs> Trashers feel. Yeah. <laughs> like, the yeah. commissioner's here. Right. Yeah. Keep it clean, boys. But, yeah. I, you know, I, I've, I've also got to say, like, of course they were. Of course they were here. You know, yeah. it's it's Rangers, Caps. It's a great matchup for national TV. Um, on top of that... it was the first TNT game. Yeah, and it was the first TNT full panel, um, which ESPN is not... I, I'm not I'm not seeing the coverage uh, production value that TNT is putting forth versus ESPN. Yeah, I mean, I think it's with most other sports as well. Like, I think... Um, <clears throat> The, the main ESPN channel, I don't think they do a whole lot of pregame. Right. But TNT... Well, they got a, they got a show Sports Center. All yeah, day. right? <laughs> but like TNT, TBS, um, probably they might, when they show basketball on ABC, have a pregame. Right. But I, I think, uh, I mean, you're right. TNT is definitely going to invest more in their pregame show. Yeah. We might get more of an ESPN pregame show when they play games on ABC. But I think yeah. ABC is just going to leave it to the guys in the box. And I'm sure playoffs will be a different story, but it very much seems like the event of hockey is going to be more more played up on the TNT network. Yeah. So it seems like TNT is really kind of the, the main shit stain, if you will, when it comes to the broadcasting side. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about that. We're actually – this is going to be the subject of our Thursday episode – the good and the bad, the yin and the yang, if you will, uh, the yin and the yang for uh, the TNT broadcast. What what went well and what did what did not? <laughs> uh, so tune into that on Thursday. Uh, we'll be talking about it. Um, but season over the thirteenth versus the Rangers. Um, first period, I thought it was solid. I think the Rangers controlled play for about ten minutes. Um, they peppered Vanacek with a lot of shots in the perimeter, a little bit of inside penetration, um, had a couple good scoring chances. But I think that's really where the Rangers' game domination really ended, like halfway yeah. through the first. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it was like um, you, you see in so many sports where um, I wouldn't necessarily call them an underdog, but uh, you know, one team comes out, usually the underdog, and they come out full of piss and vinegar. Right. And their emotion carries them to dominate and surprise in the beginning. 
And then the other team settles down, and you start to see who's really there to play. Sure, yeah. Once everybody gets com- comfortable and, and the uh, the better team is, is ready to counterpunch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Oshi got a power play goal. Can we talk about that pass? Yeah. I mean, amazing. Let's, yeah. Like, so... Ovi's gotten so much better at that recently. Everybody's right. still they're velcro to him. Right. Waiting for that shot. And he's just gotten so much better at finding that guy back door. Because he was looking for Kuzi. Yeah. Um, and then uh I don't think it got to Kuzi and Ovi buried it laying there. Right. What a goal. What a pass. Very good. They've been moving the puck very well. Yeah. And I mean the the pass to Ovechkin from I don't Kuzi, know. I think. Yeah, from Kuzi, and then Kuzi went back door for the give and go. Yeah, I mean he uh, put it. I think through the the two top guys. Yeah, on the power on the penalty kill. Yeah, it was like half boards to the goal line, basically. Yeah, and Ovi's looking for the for the redirect here. There, um, Ovi probably could have shot that and scored. Yeah, I think, but I think he made the kind of conservative play there by just throwing it in front. Um, yeah. But it gets kind of. Pinballed in front, and Oshi, who's crashing, uh, capitalizes. I mean, it was a pretty good crashing net goal. Uh, we would have had another beautiful goal uh, quickly after, a couple minutes after. It all started with a, an incredible defensive play by Orlov. Pushes his guy to the outside, takes the puck, breaks out. I mean, the breakout this year, I mean, a lot of, you know, something that we'll go over, but a lot of great things that I'm seeing from the breakout this year. Uh, as Laviolette's kind of system is pouring over into a camp and into the beginning of this year. Um, pucks out of our zone, lightning quick. It's an odd man rush. And I believe it was an Eller Jensen. Uh, Eller to Jensen one timer, and Jensen just roofs this. Th- oh. I mean, holy fuck. In motion, roofs this far side. Uh, and it, it was good, but it, the somebody was offsides and, and it got called back. Offsides by like an inch. Yeah, it's brutal. You know, we've talked about how this this rule may or should or shouldn't be abolished. In this instance, would really a second delay or a you know the millisecond delay have helped the Rangers here? I mean, it may have thrown off the Caps' timing. Yeah, I mean, Sprong was like one point four centimeters offsides, so it got called back. Um, you're right. It could have. It could have messed up timing. You know, who could have, would have, should have. Uh, but the fact remains that it was still like a three-on-one. Yeah, I mean, it was gorgeous. <laughs> I I kind of hope someone, and maybe it already exists, but it'd be nice to get, like, the top goals called off by offsides because <laughs> this would be up there. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it was a really great play. Um, <clears throat> in the second period, the top really just kind of got blown off. Schultz scores from the point, followed by Hendricks Lapierre, the young guy, the rookie, coming up, bearing a nice setup from Oshbabe. I mean, first goal, first game, not bad, Hendricks, not bad. Uh, Oshie was so pumped his glove fell off. Like, he yeah, he just, just like, like picks the kid up. Yeah, he's like, I just got to like, get ah. to this guy. <laughs> like, throws his stick down and shit. Yeah. I think I was just as excited about Oshie's excitement as I was about the goal. Yeah, I mean, super. Super uh, bro moment there, I would say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I mean, the setup was great. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
But that's still a tough shot. Yeah, it is. And LaPierre fucking buries it. He's yeah. a kid. Yeah, that 19 years old. Come on. To just come in and rip it. Uh, you know, I mean, that was, was the only play available, but Jesus, I mean, to be that, that open and able to pick a corner like that, love it. Dude, you and I was 19, when I was 19, uh-huh. I was playing, uh, you know, D3 club hockey, and when I had breakaways, I was hitting the glass trying to pick the top corner. So, yeah. uh, you know, just to show you what, what a, a below mediocre, like most of us are, me, <laughs> <laughs> compared to what this guy did right. against world-class talent. Falling down and shit. I mean, it was great. Look, Henrik Slopier has been good. Uh, this was a great game for him. Showed a lot of poise with the puck. Showed his hands off. Mm-hmm. And he's no pushover physically either. I like what this kid's got. Which is very nice. Uh, he's not afraid to get in there and mix it up. I like it. Yeah. And if you don't know about Henrik Slopier's story, he fell dramatically. Um, I think the Caps got him it was late first round. Yeah, late it was like first 25th round. Fifth or something. Yeah, and he was slated to go top ten. Had uh, concussion and neck problems. Saw a certain specialist, got the surgery, figured it out. Was ready to come back uh, during COVID and absolutely torch juniors. Um, but didn't happen. Obviously, season got canceled. So he's clearly still been hard at work, chipping away with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Makes the makes the Caps roster. I think that he's he right now. He's really making it a hard case for them to send him back down to, and he'd have to go back down to juniors. Yeah, I actually uh, I don't know if you remember this, but after the draft, I was a little more excited about Lafayette than I was with Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, rightfully so, kept pointing out his his injury situation. But right, I well, he think, was a big question mark. That's yeah. a huge risk that a team takes, and I mean, that's a first round pick. Absolutely, and I, I think that's valid. Um, but I think, based on what we've seen, if he stays healthy, uh, nothing against Michael, but I'm I'm really excited that Lapierre's getting his chance. Yeah, and I like his phys- I like him physically. Is like he's a bit bigger. He has a little bit of a bigger footprint. And he is in there mixing it up, has the hands. McMichael, from what I've seen, which was 10 minutes last season, right. was a bit timid. And, you know, you can forgive all that. Like, I, I don't care. But, but and he's played pro, so. You right. Know, and he had, he had Hershey time last year. Not a lot. But I think that, I think that even, I mean, cause so McMichael ends up being a second rounder for us last year, I believe. I don't think he was a first rounder, was he? I thought he was. I'll double check that. He might have been. I, I well, and and here's the thing with McMichael is that in a healthy ro- Caps roster, I think everybody thinks he needs one more year in in the A. He had a great camp. That's super encouraging. It's really good for him to you know stay on the roster right now. But I don't know. You know, I, I thought the jury was still out. He was 2019 25th overall. Okay. Conrad Michael was. Okay. And then 2020 was Lapierre. Yeah. Makes yeah, because uh, McMichael, I think, was drafted right after um, his really big uh, World Juniors performance. It was yeah, him he was. and Lafreniere. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right. He was... Um, uh, Lapierre was 22 overall. Yeah, and it seems like I think what the Caps like about Lapierre is Lapierre is a little bit more well-rounded, both physically. But, you know, 
But not to take away from McMichael, but he's also he's also gained some weight and yeah. is getting there in the mix from what I've seen uh, this year. So I'm excited to see what they both have. Yeah, and it's good to have that kind of healthy competition yeah. for sure. Um, but right now, like I said, dude scores his goal. McMichael's probably watching that. Like I'm happy for him, but fuck, right? <laughs> you know, it's like the backup quarter or the the starting quarterback when the backup comes in for him. It's like right. I'm glad we scored, but damn it, yeah. I'm not going back in yet. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so then during the second period, the Caps pulled ahead in shot attempts and score in the second. They really just, I mean, at this point, it was all Caps. I mean, they found a groove. They were fucking in it. In the third period, the Caps continued their momentum. Um, Sammy Blaze just takes another penalty. Yeah, like, he was off his rocker. Yeah, dude was on one, like, all fucking game. Uh just and I get you want to be physical out here, and you, and that's that's his game, and he's a contributor. He's not a bad player by any means, but at the same time, you got to know when to fucking hold it up, right? Like your team's down. Um, and at that point, Ovi scores off a Chester from Mantha. So uh, puck comes in high, hits Mantha in the chest, and Ovi bangs it home seven hole there, uh, or tied, short side, tied for fifth all time. Ty, ties Dion for fifth um, all time. Mantha, thanks for the fantasy points. That's technically an assist. Brett Hall is next on the OV hit list at this point in the game. Um, <clears throat> we see at this point Orlov falls victim to the cross check uh, point of emphasis, and Kreider tips in a nice one on a you know kind of fucked Vanacek out of his nice shutout. I mean, this tip though was awesome. And that's especially. Yeah, he was he was maybe a f- three feet above the goal line and five feet off the post. I mean, really nice tip. Uh, something that I would never dream that I could even do. I think, once, one out of a hundred times, maybe. I think people really underestimate the balls it takes to sit there, take the beating in front, leave yourself vulnerable to the defenseman, and then also, if you take your attention off the puck, you could get wrong by your own teammate shot. Right. So then you have to watch the puck coming right at you <laughs> and then have the talent to make a good play on it. And if you miss that tip, that shit could come right up in your face. Right. Like tipping in front of the net, that is a very underappreciated, courageous move. I feel like those are the hardest goals to score, for sure. Yeah, and they're hardest to stop, I'm sure right. too. Yeah. Other than maybe like a blue line snipe. Yeah, or an OB shot. Right. <laughs> okay, and then so um, Ovechkin scores two this game. I don't have the second one. What I forget what the shorthanded goal. Oh, that's right. I think here. Let me let me double check this. Yeah. I believe it's the second in his in his career. Okay. Second he, ever. So Ovechkin is far side. Kuznetsov gets this fucking. Uh, Puck behind the behind the red line, I believe, or was he? He was uh, well into the neutral zone. It wasn't even entering. It didn't even sniff the the zone really, the offensive zone. Slings it far side, plays the bounce, and Ovi's just got a step on. Um, I don't even know who who was. Uh, I think it was Adam Fox. Gets a step on Adam Fox, and then goes forehand, backhand, top shelf. Fifth career shorthanded goal. Yeah. It's so, his first shorthanded goal since the 08-09 season. <laughs> Get that young guy going, man. Get those legs churning. Um, first of all, the pass from Kuznetsov was incredible. Oh, yeah. And just to know that 
that kind of bank there. Insane. And then... It was only like three seconds left on the penalty, too. Yeah. Like, they put Ovi out in anticipation for the full strength. Right. And then it happened. And, and the thing is that we've, we're now seeing Kuznetsov kind of in that penalty-killing position, which is crazy. Interesting, <sighs> but I like it. At least for now. At least for now. Yeah. We'll see. We'll Until see. he it's, fucks up. Yeah, it's a good, yeah, it's a good, uh, it's, it's a good experiment. Um, we all know Kuznetsov can, has the wherewithal to make those crazy plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whether, who knows when it comes down to him blocking shots and things like that. Who knows? Uh, but Kuzi's, uh, kind of coming out on fire. So, like, the players I liked out there were, uh, beefcake Super Saiyan Kuznetsov. I mean, there were a couple times when he was forechecking and as they were just like getting into the zone, he's skating next to a guy and just dumps him. That's something we never saw from Kuznetsov before, like having that physical ability. Uh, if you've seen pictures of him, he's got like a real thick neck and, and his, I mean, he looks a little bit more beefy. You know, I don't know if that's like Russian gas or whatever, but, uh, Definitely encouraging to see, and, and obviously Kuznetsov is, is taking his off his off season very seriously. Um, he looks good. He's playing a little bit more physically, um, and you know there there are streaks in these last two games where he was the one running the show, just really conducting all the play. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and second, Martin Favriari. I like this guy. He fits in the system. He's an active contributor on both sides of the puck, so he doesn't get dangled, which is great. Good skater. Uh, when he has the puck in his own zone, he's capable. Mm-hmm. Uh, can kind of skate out of out of bad situations and then dish the puck. And then on the offensive side, he's more than willing to get involved in the offensive play and keep pucks in. And then with Laviolette's system, where a forward comes back, even someone like Daniel Sprong, who I saw in the Tampa Bay game, which we're going to cover next, uh, you know, he'll go in and drive play. I, I like him. Yeah. I think he's been waiting for this chance, and I think that it shows. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I I think um, what stood out to me more than any individual players is, like, you hit on the system. Um, yeah. I think the the breakdowns look great. Yeah. Um, the puck movement, both on even strength and power play. Um, I it, I really like that everyone was firing on the power play. You know, right. we got power play goals from Oshie off an OV pass, a Schultz goal. Uh, Kuzi was firing some good shots, just yeah. keeping everybody guessing. Right. And that's what's going to open OV up, and then eventually. They're going to shut him down, and everybody's going to need to keep scoring on the other side and just keep this cycle going. And um, as long as the other guys can still produce, Ovi will keep getting his chances. Yeah, it's interesting that you say the Kuznetsov's kind of if, – if he starts potting him in, I question Nick, Nick Backstrom's first PP team uh, viability here. I mean, don't break it if it's not broken, right? If they don't fix it if it's not broken in that sense. True. I mean, in the past, they've both been there. But, right. I mean, if it's working this year with that setup. Right. Um, and I, I think Nick, he probably doesn't have too much of an ego. He'll be okay going yeah. to the next unit. Because Kuzi's been playing his half-board position yeah. on the right side. So, maybe you put Nick down below goal line. Which he could do very yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, 
Interesting. Interesting to see. Um, another person that I really liked was Vitek Vanacek. I mean, he made every save that he had to yeah. and more. It's what you want from your goalie. Uh, he still is coughing up some rebounds. We, we know that he has a little bit of a rebound issue. But I, just like last year, he kind of cleaned it up uh, towards the end of the year. Like, after about 10 games in, he was, like, pretty fucking solid. He's not... I don't believe he's the type of goalie that's going to make, like... And then we've talked about this. Like, Samsonov's going to make the crazy Vasilevsky left-to-right um, sliding, diving save, right? He will do that. I'm not sure that's in Vanacek's uh, portfolio, but Vanacek does play his technical, like his technical game, pretty well. So he tries to, and all he needs to do, I think, is tweak his rebound control a little bit, put the puck where instead of just like hanging on by saving the first shot, get the puck away so that he can, you know, buy himself some time. Reset. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think Vitek. Honestly, I think he's. A better long-term guy. I think he's more consistent. <laughs> I, um, I mean, it's hard to argue that. It's hard to argue that. But I mean, you know. he set a record last year for rookie – or tied a record for rookie wins. Right. And it's it's FOMO, though. Like, what are you missing out on with Samsonov? That. The Vasilevsky 10-bell saves. Yeah. Which generally are because there was an, a breakdown in front of him and then he was out of position. Right? Yeah. That's what the – that's what those, you know, good goalies – you know, look at Carey Price. He does make those saves, but the majority of Carey Price's game is being technically square to the puck and being able to swallow rebounds and just not have any second chances. Yeah. I mean, that's what you want in your goalie, just consistency in that sense. Yeah. I mean, I love the, the highlight saves, but I don't give a shit if there's none of them if your goalie's consistent and wins the game. And I will say our defense helped out Vanacek pretty well. During those rebounds, they gobbled him up and got him right. out. Uh, we'll see, you know. Uh, and then obviously, I, I was I want to keynote Ovi for two goals opening yeah. night. Gotta love it. Um, I'm impressed after game one. What spilled over from last year, compensating for our lack of individual speed with a quick breakout, guys in good possession, our uh, position. And an aggressive forecheck, as usual. You know, I mean, I think that's kind of like par for the course anymore in the NHL with the ability these guys have. And then I like to see when – I think that something to watch for Caps fans is when the Caps come back into their own zone, everyone does a flyby through the shot through the slot. Even the wingers. They come back and they just pass right through the slot, high slot area. Um, <clears throat> in the transition game, that's just like really good fundamentals in the sense of – Coming back, just doing a flyby through it. Because just your presence there, clog, like you're in the lane, you're in somebody's lane, especially the puck carrier, especially if it's in the corner. You can't feed the center there. And if you do, if they do feed the center, then it's probably popping to you. And you're already in motion to be taking it out at the half boards or starting the breakout there from the half boards yeah. instead of behind the goal line, which is common. Uh, so I really like that. I, I like that kind of everybody comes to home plate and then and then gets back into their assignment. Um, <clears throat> I don't think we ever, this whole game, this whole first game, we did not see a true jailbreak odd man rush from the Rangers all game. Not that I can recall. And that's what you want. You want to give your team the best, the best opportunity to win? Win puck battles. Don't let odd man breaks come your way. If you can keep 
you know, significant offensive pressure yeah. and not give up those big rushes, right? It's going to be really hard to get beat. Yep, no doubt. Um, <clears throat> moving on, ten. So that was a five-one win, by the way, Cavs fans. Uh, Tampa Bay on the sixteenth, three days later on Saturday, which was yesterday from our recording date. Uh, we're seeing, you know, pretty good, pretty good team come out. I think everybody was. It's like two heavyweight boxers that just want to jab for the first like ten rounds. Yeah, and then you know the last five, they're they're kind of kind of going at it. But um, uh, we've got a uh, couple benchmarks here. Ov, oh I don't know. Oh I'm sorry. Well, those are from, from yeah. The My game. benchmarks from the first game. Sorry, we're gonna backtrack here. I, I've put in something wrong in the outline, but. Ov passes Dion after the first game and is what fifth all time? Yeah, he is. Well, before Solo. Tampa Bay, nine yeah. behind fourth. Okay, and then Lavi is the winningest U.S. born coach in history, one more than Tortorella uh, after the first game, and Lapierre finds Twine in the NHL first game. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, <clears throat> do you have a recap here from the? From the Tampa game. I mean, look, this was a it was a good game. I think again, the things that were shown for Tampa Bay was their goaltending and their offensive weaponry. The Caps did a really good job of negating their stars. Uh, it was a two-one overtime loss. I think that the Caps did a really good job of again using that system the Laviolette's playing. I don't think. I think in this game we saw a very limited odd man like full jailbreak rushes were not in the not in the books, but as far as odd man rushes in general, you know, three on two, one of them or two of them, a one on, a two on one, like maybe one of them. Yeah, I mean their goals are just coming from good puck movement in the offensive zone. I mean, the game winner was a two on one. Right. Uh Kuzi lost the face off. In overtime though. Yeah. Um, yeah. you're gonna see that on three on three ice. Yeah, definitely. I mean Ovi scored. Uh, now he's eight away from fifth Red or hole. fourth all time. Yeah. Um, he almost had a second goal. Vasilevsky had one of those saves you're talking about. I mean, yeah. You know, this was so the, close. The puck was probably halfway where it needed to be. Oh, uh, dude, more than that. I mean, it was three quarters away across the line. Yeah. I mean, he saved it in the very <laughs> nick of time. Yeah. And good for him. Uh, Ovi, the, the goal that he did have went um, seven hole. On Vasilevsky, and was it on the power play? No, it was. It was even. Right? No, it was even strength. Yeah, yeah, and you know that. You know that goal. The first goal they had good puck movement. That, that's a tough one to beat. That's that's an offensive skilled team. Yeah, the game the, winner. You're talking about the Lightning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the game winner. I mean, Steven Stamkos come down on the rush. I saw someone saying some shit on Twitter about like this. How you know VTech isn't ready. What? All, all the all the, all the good goalies in the NHL would have made that save. Like what? no, literally, Stephen Stamkos is like just the next notch down from Ovi. Right. I mean, I mean like, he was billed as the next Ovechkin. Yeah. And if and if he wasn't made of glass, he may be. You know, at I don't even know how many goals he has, but he's, he's he may be like over six hundred at this point. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that could have just as easily been. Ovi on Vasilevsky. And right. You sit there and say Vasilevsky isn't ready for the NHL. So whoever you were commenting that, you're a fucking idiot. But 
Yeah, no um, doubt. You know, he was low and away. I mean, it was a, and as a goalie, you know, I mean, the defenseman's job in a situation like that, if you aren't gassed on a three on three overtime, you're supposed to cut off the pass. Yeah. So yeah, you're supposed to know where the shot is, but I mean, you have Steven Samkos in there, and as soon as he hits the top of the circles and he starts fucking loading up, it's, I mean, at that point, that's one of the best snipers in the league. Yeah. You've you've got to give advantage to to Stamkos there. Honestly, I think a Stephen Stamkos wrist shot on the rush. Yeah. One of the. I mean, he's top three. Yeah. I mean, the and dude's a sniper, and it was an imper- they, perfectly placed shot. It was, and we see this. It seems like I I don't know what the numbers are, but just from what I can remember watching games, it seems like. The majority, the vast majority of overtimes end this way. Right. A two-on-one snipe. Yeah. Because everybody's gassed, the goalie's tired, and they just get surprised with a fucking ripper. Right. And uh, to your point, I mean, this is... It's extra frames. I thought it might go to to, uh, a shootout. And unlike the Rangers game, the PK for for the Lightning has always been good. I mean, special teams for the Lightning have always been very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, they have the power play of the Washington Capitals, but they have snipers on both sides, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we haven't had that yet. I mean, we've experimented with Sprong there on the right. We've experimented with Kuznetsov on the right. Backstrom, you know he's never going to shoot. He's just no. too much of a distributor there. But uh, it's... <laughs> this is... A team that just won back-to-back cups. I mean, yeah, COVID and all that. You know, you can give them that. But at the same time, this is a uh, one of the, the best team in the league. Yeah, they're right the team to beat. Right. And so to hang with them and give them nothing, an entire sixty-minute span. You know, we couldn't. Our power play kind of got stymied for sure. The power play on the uh, on the four-on-three in overtime was a blown opportunity. I'll say. But we were still taking shots there. Yeah. You know, we just weren't, it just wasn't going through. Yeah, like, I mean, I think Ovi took like three or four on that power play. Yeah, I think in this game he had like eight shots. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, and look, Vasilevsky has dog shit numbers against the Caps in all time history, right? We have had his his calling card for a long time, I'd say. But this is just one more hurdle in which Vasilevsky is going to probably eventually figure out, right? I mean, you know, again, we were talking about this guy. People were calling him Wash and everything after the Vesna, And then he goes and wins back-to-back cups. And yeah. on top of that, <clears throat> like po- post-shutouts and elimination games, I mean, the guy's, when he's dialed in, he's dialed in. I think this was a night where he was pretty dialed in. Yeah. Um, you know, he let one by and brushed it off. And that's just kind of just kind of how the how the cookie crumbles. Right. Uh, walking away for the Caps having the Rangers, which is highly billed, showing them up, and then in a pretty dominant showing, and then hanging with Tampa Bay, the best team in the league right now, yeah. um, and walking away with three points in two games. I I'm pretty happy. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't the uh, the scoring fest that the first game was, but I I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, just think we could have lost and not got a point. That's true. That's true. Um, so speaking of which, 
You had said that Ovi was only going to score two goals like an idiot, Paulie. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Like an idiot you said that. I said he'd score three. I was obviously right. Never been wrong in my life. All right, now um, what's the next category? And then the next category <laughs> was the record that we would have. And I said we'd go one and one. We'd split these first two games. And you said we would go one oh and one. You were absolutely right. I was half right. Again, never been wrong in my life. You always think I'm so crazy for throwing in I know. overtime losses. What pisses me off, you're a fucking che- I mean, I feel like it's almost cheating. How is it cheating? Because we still lost. It'd be no difference in predicting a tie. We still lost. Maybe we should move it to points. No. It's the same principle. Like yeah, but... Yeah, okay, you're right, but still. <laughs> still, I don't know. You're you're a fucking, I don't know, these, these, the the third column for me, you know, it's like kissing your sister. Uh, we don't want to do that. Right. I don't have a sister. You do. Unless you're Jamie Lannister. Right. <laughs> All right, last thing we want to cover here. Cap fans, I don't know if you, if you have heard about this, but... The there's there's a ex enforcer in the league whose fame peaked when he was uh, elected to the All Star game by the fans out of what was basically a big troll job and an absolute joke. Well, he is an NHL All Star MVP. He is. Uh, so his name's John Scott. About four or five years ago, he was. Put when it was like the first or second year that they let fans vote on who could be in the All Star game, and he was put in. Um, Look, you know I respect John Scott and all that, and I think that you also may know that he was the guy that tried to fight Kessel, and then Kessel had a little bitch fit and started chopping wood at his ankle. Probably like the one of the most disgraceful things I've ever seen a hockey player do. I'll never get over it. Mm. You know that was the that was the time where I was like, all right, I'm I'm out on Kessel. This dude's a fucking pussy. We'll trade him to Canada for Team USA purposes. Yeah, right. He can he can be Canadian. We'll um, take Kale McCarr. Yeah, yeah. We'll take McCarr. We'll take a defenseman over your fat ass, Phil. Um, <clears throat> so John Scott has has been on some podcast and he said, you know, the Washington Capitals are out this year. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to be very good. Ovechkin is washed. He's not even going to score 30 in an 82-game season, which has never happened. It's never happened. He's never scored under 30 goals in ever. a 82-game season ever in his career. John Scott comes out and says he's completely fucking washed. He's, uh, you know, full of shit. Uh, and the Caps made no additions, no notable changes in their roster. Um, instead, they, you know, and he was kind of bagging on the Caps for – for choosing to re-sign at a very team-friendly deal the most uh, prolific score in the National Hockey League ever and the best player DC has ever seen. I, What's your take on this? Like, after, after I've had some time to brew on this and, like, initial rage reaction, like... I just feel like, unfortunately, it's like John Scott's fucking attempt at continuing to try to stay relevant. Yeah, I mean, maybe he thought he was speaking in clickbait. And I... D- <laughs> That's good. And I didn't... I didn't... I'll be honest. I didn't listen to the whole episode that he was talking about. No, this. I've just seen this little... Just this little... So it could be completely out of context. Uh... But I'm choosing to be willfully ignorant in this situation just to shit on John Scott. 
Look, I mean, you know, I, I read The Athletic after we're talking about how he was, you know, he had an article in The Athletic after, uh, or not The Athletic, um, Players Tribune, which yeah. is an amazing website, by the way. All the stories are awesome. Um, about how, you know, when he was on the bus in college, all of his star players were getting business degrees. And he was over there doing applied mathematics because he has a mechanical engineering degree. It's like, you'd think somebody with a mechanical engineering degree would at least be able to fucking take historical data and compile it properly. Yeah. Uh, So, not a good look, Johnny. No. You look like a fucking asshole, especially after these first two games. He only needs 27 more goals to, uh, you know break your he's not even going to score 30 bullshit take uh, I don't know man I mean we were asked to cover this and I almost didn't want to only because why well, give this fucking idiot the airtime but and it almost makes Ovechkin's success sweeter with all the haters yeah you know so I, I welcome it fuck it dude like there's been a lot of Caps haters and Ovechkin haters throughout the years everybody was like you know he's the lazy entitled puck hogging Russian. And it's like, you know what, man, you have a guy who's going to score, uh, you know, 70% of the time, the puck. I think you should just continue to give him the fucking puck. Uh, don't be an idiot. Yeah. So, you know, as Megan the stallion would say, talk your shit. <laughs> I'm not going to finish the rest of the lyrics cause it's from WAP and it gets pretty dirty. Okay. <laughs> Definitely not what she meant, but the quote still works. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, I mean that, I think John Scott's kind of being a little bitch right now. I, I don't know if this is maybe his, his download numbers are down. Our download numbers are up. Thank you, by the way. Yeah. Thanks, thank you guys. And, thank you. And, um, and gals. Yeah. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, he's got his own pod, right? Yeah. It's called, I think the, uh, like dropping the gloves or something. Yeah. Honestly, like I like John Scott. I dislike these comments. And you know what? Last year when the whole Wilson debacle against Panarin went down, he didn't remember. This is John Scott, the pugilist, who, you know, made a career, and it was over a decade-long career in the NHL, essentially punching guys in the face and being a huge motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Um, Made a career out of that. Really just kind of going in on Wilson, calling him like a scumbag. And that was, you know, he generally likes Wilson's play, but, you know, this is a total scumbag move and gutless and all this, all this other bullshit, you know, and kind of went right to social media on it. Um, and I feel like, you know, maybe he's got like a grudge to hold against the Cavs. I don't know. I don't know why he's got a fucking shit on Ovechkin. That's just like, you know, that's the wrong target. Continue to target Wilson. By the way, who I'm not sure he may have recorded one point, but he's never he hasn't found Twine yet. No. So, I mean, that would be probably an easier target for you than literally the guy who's chasing down Brett Hall in the fucking scoring department. But I mean, pick your fucking battles at least, right? Right. Jesus. Uh, so what? You know, I'm not saying that we deserve a formal apology yet. But if Ovi scores like 31 goals, I think John Scott needs to come out and really just kind of eat crow on this. Like, Instagram live the minute it happens. Yeah, so, you know, John Scott, and if you want uh, to follow it up, you can come on our podcast and uh, yeah. we should DM him and be like, 
Hey, when Ovi scores 31 goals, we'd love to have you on the uh, podcast to just, you know, totally eat crow and, and recant your shitty take at the beginning of the season. I'll send it. <laughs> I will send him this message. <laughs> bet. I bet his DMs aren't even open. You know, I've noticed DMs are more often open on Instagram than they are on Twitter. Oh, there you go, John Scott. We'll find you, motherfucker. <laughs> I'll send you a letter. Yeah, yeah, we'll snail mail you. It'll be nice. Right, absolutely. <laughs> Double stamp, because you're in Canada. I don't even what, know yeah, what it right. would take for Canada. But. You, you know what would be even scarier? If if he said, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Right. I mean, fuck. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <sighs> no, we got to fucking really back up all our shit talking and hopefully... Well, I mean, he's got to be far away, so he can't punch us both in the face one time and kill us each. So, you know, mm. I think he could away. probably kill me with one punch. So I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Put my jaw into a million pieces. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Caps fans, you know, let us know what you think on this. Again, thanks for checking us out. Uh, we ran a little bit late. You know, we try to keep these to like 30 minutes, but they're just, you know, hey, we're, we're feeling the start of the regular season. We're so happy that it's here. I'm so pumped to be seeing hockey on, it's almost surreal. It's like this is an 82 game season starting when it should. Dude, hockey in October? Yeah. What? I know, right? We haven't had this like since it. 2019. Right. I mean, it feels so foreign. Like this is, like the weather's starting to turn. The leaves are starting to die. Hockey is starting, you know, right after football. So mm-hmm. this is very normal, and now it's just it, – it seems so foreign after two years of, of what the fuck. Yeah. So – If you're wearing a sweatshirt watching football, hockey should also be on. Right. So, Cavs fans, we hope you're enjoying the beginning of the season as much as we are. Uh, stick with us. We're, you know, two episodes every week. Monday and Thursday we'll be here with you the entire journey – uh, watching live Ovechkin. both on Sundays. Yeah, live stream both episodes on Sundays for release of the next if you want to get a sneak peek. Lately, we've been recording a little bit later. You know, it's like 11 o'clock right now. Um, Sorry, you were saying watching Ovechkin. Yeah, watching Ovechkin, you know, chase that goal, that goal record. I mean, it, and you know, here's another thing. Like, Dion and Hull are so close together. Like, if you're going to just say he's not going to score 30, like, that's fine. But... You could just be like, he's just going to take over Hall, and that's it. I think he needed 36 for Yager. So he's 33. That's or no, no. he need, Yeah, he's 33 away from Yager right now. That's fucking nuts, dude. Yeah. I mean, he that's attainable. And Yager 100%. was like, what, 42? Still scoring goals? Mm-hmm. I think he's 42, 43. Yager? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but who knows? I mean, you know, we've got Ovi for another five years. You know, I think that we would talked about this in depth. The contract's good for Ovi. The length is perfect. Uh, if he needs another year to break the record, you goddamn right he's going to get one. Yeah, and he might pull a Yager and just spend 10 years playing for Mas- Moscow Dynamo. Yeah. Moscow Dynamo. It, literally, the Dynamo will keep him on that team. Um, until he has to be wheelchaired onto the ice. He could come out in a walker, and the and the Dynamo would still be like, okay, let's go. He's probably going to play for the Dynamo with Ilya. And Backy. I bet oh, no. Backy goes... His kid. Oh. <laughs> and, and what about the, what about uh, Backy? Backy could come. You know, it's a good retirement. Spent a few years in Russia. Yeah. That's not too far away from Sweden. You know, Short it's, flight. It's, yeah, short flight. Come on in. You know, I, I could see it. Yeah. Interesting stuff. <laughs> All right. Now we're just, now it's just like yeah. too much mental masturbation. Let's cut it off. <laughs>
Yeah. Caps fans, again, thanks for tuning in. Check us out on Thursday. We'll be talking about TNT's coverage, the flagship coverage, if you will, of the NHL on TV um, on Thursday. And then, you know, we'll be talking about... I, we don't have the next games. Shit, we fucked that up. We'll oh, talk about it on Thursday. On. Oh, shit. I had their schedule. Give me one second. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, we'll, let's let's really quickly just dial you in on what the Caps are playing this next, season, next week. Um, and then we'll cut it off. So, they will be playing a McKinnon-less... Avalanche at home on Tuesday. That will be on ESPN Plus and Hulu. And then they go to New Jersey on Thursday. And that looks like it will be local coverage. So okay. going to have to follow the hockey troll method. Yeah. And then the 23rd, they're back at home against Calgary, NHL Network, and local. And that is a mother effing matinee. All right, I'm saying the Caps go three and zero. Three and zero. Yeah. What kind of overtime bullshit are you going to pull here, Polly? I can't take this overtime shit. No, I think they're going to two and one. Two and one. Yeah. And who are they going to lose to? The Avs. I think they're going to struggle with the Avs the most, but honestly, I think they're going to lose to one of the Western teams. Okay. Fair I think enough. they'll beat New Jersey. Beat New Jersey. I think so too, though. New Jersey's kind of had our number. How many goals? Do you, and, and New Jersey's nice and young, and they're and they're they're fucking on you know promising young team. What uh, how many uh, how many goals cupcakes for Ovi in three games? Yeah, fuck it, four. I hope you're right. I am going with one. I'm gonna say he's gonna score one this week. It's a busy week, West Coast trip. Kind of sucks. No, it's all home. Oh oh fuck! What really? Washington, New Jersey, Washington. Okay. So they don't go out west until well, New Jersey's mm. still in the east these days. November 16th, they hey, start their California trip. Okay. I'm willing to sacrifice the one time that I'll ever be wrong, and I'm, gonna st- I'm still going to stick with one. You're going to go four? Four. All right. One another, another hot start for Obi. Absolutely. All right. Well, Cavs fans, <clears throat> you heard it here first. And again... Tune into us Thursday. We'll be talking about TNT's coverage. I said that like 10 times. I don't know if I should be doing that or not. But until Thursday, Cavs fans, great to see you. Great to talk to you. Uh, Hockey Show Poly Cupcake signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Journal podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore. <laughs>